You're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, Bill's Pipes, and uh, new for this week, we've got Moto Ice Wraps. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Mike Sweeney. We're going to break down some Supercross. Here we go. How's it going, Mike? I'm well. How are you? Hey, not too bad. Um, the, All- the NHL might be on the All-Star break, but Moto Supercross is in full swing. We're heading to Oakland, uh, which is uh, a beautiful stadium, state-of-the-art facility, and uh, they're housing uh, the, the, the next round of uh, Monster Energy Supercross. Excited for it or what? Yeah, you know, something weird always happens at Oakland. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we had that near knockout between Bowers and uh, and uh, uh, Coop last year, and uh, we had Kenny with his uh, coming up short on that big bubble. Uh, yeah, just weird stuff happens there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. What is it, the black hole? Is that what, what do you think that is? Um, I think it's, it's a, a great big combination of uh... – like oh yeah, you got the black hole. You've got the the stigma of Oakland itself. It's like we we always know that it's a very squeaky clean uh, um, area, and then it's it's not dodgy whatsoever. Um, but uh, no, it, it's uh, it's it's an interesting stadium. I think that um, it's always produced a lot of. Good racing, a lot of uh, like like you said, a lot of. Um, the, the unlikely is to happen. So uh, who knows? Maybe uh, we'll, we'll see some uh, – this might be the, the one race that Cooper throws away. Maybe this is the one race that uh, that James Stewart comes comes out and ends up on the top step of the podium. I don't think either one are likely, but in a place like Oakland, you never know. Yeah, that sure happened before with Stu. I mean, or Trey Kennard, you know, he uh, he put it all together last year at Oakland and had a great run. It's uh, – you know the other the other theory I was kind of thinking about with uh, why things always seem to happen at Oakland or start happening is I think it's just getting far enough into the season where the riders are starting to kind of feel saucy and kind of uh, some rivalries are starting to build and you I know agree. people are start, people are starting to remember hey that dude took me out last week I'm going to get a little payback uh, you know there's a lot of little stories burning there on the back burner we still got a unresolved issue with Mr Pike and Mr Freeze and. Uh, a few other things, so that could be part of it as well. For sure, definitely some wrinkles, uh, some some bad blood, if if you will, and uh, if tempers do boil over, uh, there's usually fireworks, exactly at, at least during the opening ceremonies, if not during the race day as well. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> we can only hope. No kidding. Uh, like uh, the, the stadium itself is uh, is decrepit at best. They need to replace that place, but uh, it looks like it's going to be a really, uh, really, f- really fun track. Uh, a lot, of, a couple of different rhythm lanes, as well as uh, I believe there's. Uh, uh, double check the uh, the map, but uh, last time I checked, there is a whoop section uh, that uh, the guys will not have to navigate. Um, 
Let's start out. Let's talk about the 250 class and uh, start out with uh, the, the, the basically the elephant in the room, and that's the big number one W and uh, Cooper Webb. I honestly, for my money, uh, can put him nowhere but first place in every single race, as far as I'm considered for a prediction because. Head and shoulders, he's just better than everybody. He started from the back and moved through the field every single race, uh, including some of the, the heat races where he's had to move to the front with those two. He's proven that no matter who's ahead of him, he finds a way to click them off. He never seems worried. He never seems too like alerted to get to the front. He just, all right, how far is that guy? Okay, I'm going to get that. I'll put it in my laps, and by the time 15 laps is up, I'll get him. Yeah, no, he's... You know, I think we've discussed it before. He's he's definitely the the most talented rider in that field, and he's a special talent. And nothing phases him too. He, he, you know, he's got the he's got the full package. He's mentally strong. He's got the fitness. He's got the bike. Uh, he's got the great factory support. And man, does he have the confidence! Uh, you know, he looks like a lot of the greats that have come up in the past. You know, it doesn't really matter where he starts. He's going to run that leader down and catch him and pass him and. That's that. Nothing you're going to do about it. And uh, it, it's fun to watch. You know, it's just, uh, it's almost like uh, back when Mac was running, you know, in his prime, you'd almost hope that he got a bad start just because it was so fun to watch him come through the field and pass everybody. And it's uh, kind of the same thing with Coop. It's uh, nobody's had much form yet. So we can hope, though. We can hope that uh, somebody gives him that good head-to-head race again or, or lasts a little bit longer. I know we had that with Christian Craig this year, this uh, last week, Christian, and uh, he had a great back and forth there for what, probably first seven laps or so. And uh, yeah. man, that was fun to watch. That was the most fun main I've seen in a while. Definitely. Uh, you like to uh, to see someone at least uh, uh, make it difficult on the guy and, and, uh, and make him work for it. Um, to me, it seems like uh, Cooper Webb's own, uh, his his greatest nemesis in this series is going to be himself. If he uh, pushes it too hard to, to to get like that perfect season, like he won't settle for a second, could end up putting the bike down and uh, ending up on his head, and like uh, any, any number of things can happen from there. Uh, my only worry is that he uh, if he kind of pushes the envelope a little too much, being a little bit too confident. And, uh, and it comes up to bite him, but honestly, the kid looks poised, and he's uh, he's he's putting the bike exactly where he wants to right now. Uh, it's uh, in the 250F class, anyway. It's Cooper Webb's world, and we're just living in it. Yeah, Webb's world, Webb's world. Um, you know what's funny too is he's not a tall guy, and he had no problem with those big whoops last year, last week. No, um, not at all. You know, just freaking fired right through those things, stayed on top of him, and. You know, you think in the past, a lot of the, you know, RC would have trouble with the whoops. And, you know, they're similar. I'm not sure which is taller. I think they're around the same size, though. So it's uh, it's good, man. He's, he's got the whole thing. But, you know, it's uh, I think Christian Craig got a taste of riding up front and kind of knows what it takes now. And, you know, he said that he blew up a little bit about two-thirds of the way through that main, and it sure showed. I mean, he definitely uh, got off the pace. But it'll be interesting to see what that does with his confidence going forward as well. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see if anyone can gain any type of momentum to at least run with Cooper. And, um, that kind of like uh, segues into, uh, my, my next segment that I wanted to talk about was basically the rest. And, uh, 
Um, there's any number of guys that can get switched out within that top five, and uh, they've shown that you can basically uh, throw those guys uh, into a hat, jumble them up, and they'll come out to any any different way. But uh, uh, the guy that I think kind of poses the biggest threat is is Zach Osborne. He's uh, despite uh, San Diego, he's been most uh, consistent. I think he would he would have three podiums uh, if if he hadn't have uh, tipped over in that one corner in, in San Diego. Um, as far as like like uh, all like if he stays on two wheels, what is uh, what is Zach Osborne's uh, ceiling and what is his floor? Floor being his worst finish uh, possible while staying on two wheels, and of course the ceiling being uh, what's what's his highest spot that he can uh, achieve uh, with a, with a nice clean race. You know, I think I have to preface this with saying that I think Cooper would have to have an off night. Uh, yeah. For any of these guys to reach the top box, but I think I think that that can win. But I do think it would take an off night or something kind of weird for him to beat Cooper. And that's nothing against his talent or anybody else's in this class's talent. It's just uh, you know when a rider has everything, all the pieces put together like Cooper does, he's just not going to be beat unless something weird happens. So I'd have to say Zach, you know, perfect night he can beat Cooper, but Cooper's going to need to be off a little bit. I see. I don't see Zach finishing out of the top three or four unless you know something equally horrendous happens to him. You know, he falls over in a corner or something dumb like that. But you know, I think he's going to continue running right around that two or three spot. Totally, I agree. I think uh, if if things are to uh, continue, uh, Zach Osborne would catch a win on Cooper Webb's worst night, and otherwise is uh, I, I would say no further back than fourth, but also ne- no further forward than uh, than second, as long as Cooper Webb uh, has uh, has himself a decent night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, looking at Joey Sabachi's season, are we getting to the point yet where we're going to start wondering if it's a disappointment? I mean. It seems like he had the speed to run with Cooper last year, and we're not seeing that so much this year yet. Well, most people would forget that uh, the majority of the uh, of the hype and the uh, the notoriety that uh, that Joey Savacci has is from uh, showing a wheel and racing hard with uh, with Eli Tomac when Eli Tomac was still on 250Fs almost what three years ago. Um, yeah. Since then, he's had an injury-riddled uh, uh, career full of uh, some ups and downs. So, um, for my money, uh, I, I'm just impressed as heck to see uh, a guy like Joey, who at the time when he was like that was, I believe, his rookie season, and he was on a, a privateer KTM. So uh, that, yep. that's a completely yep. different scenario for him. He's now on Mitch's team, which I know has its own uh, stresses and stuff like that. But uh, I would say. Um, other than the, uh, the a couple of get-offs, uh, he would be a, a bright spot on, on Mitch's team right now, but uh, he, he needs to uh, be more consistent, and I think that could be said for the entire uh, PC squad altogether. Yeah, it just seems like for the last few years that none of them are reaching their potential. And that's yeah, kind of weird. Underperforming. It's like a... Yeah. It's the, uh, the ultimate... Uh, fantasy football team where nobody nobody gets their projected points. Yeah, exactly. That was pretty much my entire season last year. <laughs> yes, but yeah, I mean that's exactly what it is, and it's. Uh, I don't know. I remember Joey had that great battle with Jmart at the Meadowlands last year, and man, they just went out hammer and tong and ran away from everybody else. And uh, you know that's kind of what I was expecting from him. Uh, you know, on the West Coast, going up against Cooper. 
uh, I don't know, maybe he is hurt or something's going on, but I don't know, it just doesn't seem like he's locked all of the pieces together yet and really had those, you know, had those pieces fall into place and really been able to let you just ride at that 100% potential. I, I, I agree. Like, uh, let's uh, let's pose that same question to Joey Savacci. Uh, like, on, on his best night, where can he end up, given, the, given like, uh, expecting everyone else to also have a, a decent night? Uh, where, where does he end up? Is like, I don't know. I guess the first uh, race of the year, he was he ended up second place. But uh, is, like, is that the highest he can get if, if Cooper has himself a good night? And uh, like, based on his pace, uh, where could he end up uh, further down the line? Yeah, I think you got to you got to say you know his ceiling is in that two spot, which is crazy to think. But you know, Coop just has him covered right now. I agree. No, it's it's. It's no surprise to me that uh, they've the, like these guys. He's he's got them all covered, and like Cooper Webb to me seems like uh, James Stewart two thousand four. Uh, he should be in the two hundred and fifty class. Uh, like you can't move him up any faster than you did, but like you know what I mean. Like he's a, he's a two hundred and fifty oh, yeah. guy racing yeah. in the two. He's a he's a four fifty guy racing in the two hundred and fifty class now. Not very much on Mar unlike Marvin last year in the in the two hundred and fifty East. He's just a class above. Yeah, and it's interesting how Marvin's struggling on the four hundred and fifty. Um, you know, I know he's coming off that injury and the surgery and everything, but he doesn't seem to be riding where he was on the 250, but I guess that's just part of him being behind by a month or so. But back to the 250, yeah, it's uh, it's good, man. It's, you know, it's deep field, and I think when Cooper moves up to that 450, that, that deep field up to the 450 class is going to get even deeper, and it's that's going to be fun to watch, man, when he gets up on that big, on that big bike. No doubt, especially the fact that we know that uh, the 250-450 share the exact same frame. Uh, it's obviously they're going to handle a little bit differently, but um, bike size, why? Like the size of the bike, the ergonometry of it. Of uh, like we we saw um, Cooper on the bike uh, through the whoops on the 250. I can only imagine with a couple extra horses, he'd be even smoother through the whoops on a 450, uh, and that spells uh, bad news for uh, the rest of the 450 gang. Uh, once he gets up there next year. Oh, for sure. And you know what I love watching Cooper is him corner. Man, his corner speed is impressive. It's just so much momentum. He carries through that thing. And I don't know how much of that is a Yamaha and how much is him, but it's, it's fun to watch the way he handles those corners. The thing that I noticed most about uh, his cornering speed or his cornering technique is that he literally starts to roll the gas on so early in the corner, it's almost as if he's at full throttle at the apex of the corner coming out. Um, it's aggression, but it's 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 harness at the exact same time. It, it's something really cool to watch. Yeah, no, he definitely drives it through the corner with that throttle. It's, like I said, it's fun to watch and uh, it's fun to photograph too. You know, he's always throwing up all kinds of dirt. Well, that being said, uh, when can we expect to see some uh, some new uh, professional motocross photos from uh, M Sweetie Photo uh, on on Twitter as well as Sweetie Photo on on Instagram? That's a good question. You know, I was looking at the schedule uh, just yesterday, trying to figure out when I can get my butt to a race and uh, make that happen. I'm hoping, uh, you know, by the time they come this side of the Mississippi and get one of those, maybe Toronto or Indy. Uh, be the first, but then we'll definitely see something from from Jersey, 
and Gillette's only 20 minutes from my house. So uh, Toronto is one of those bucket list races I haven't done yet for some reason. So that's a possibility as well. Uh, your do- your uh, your dollar goes a little further up here nowadays. Come to your side of the border, eh? Oh yeah, eh? we'll uh, <laughs> maybe grab a, grab some poutine and uh, throw on a toque or something. Uh, go at the outdoor rinks. Have a Labatt's blue. Have a Labatt's blue. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing about the Labatt's blue is actually it, it's called blue because it was the uh, the the blue the the beer was named after the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the CFL team that uh, plays out of Winnipeg. All oh, right, on. Yeah, that's, that's your hood, right? That's my hood. That's uh, right. the CFL Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the pride of uh, the Western Conference. We are we were second last out of five teams. Oh man, we're frozen tundra. Oh yes, frozen. Oh, it was. It's frozen tundra. It's supposed to rain tomorrow. It sure is. Yeah, but it's going to be like two, it's going to be like two degrees tomorrow. It's which crazy. for you guys is like ten. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for May. No kidding. No, uh, same here. I I need this all to start melting. It's already melting, but yeah, I, I needed it all just to go away. But um, before we completely leave the 250F class, I wanted to get your thoughts on a couple more guys. And uh, um, the first kind of on my list is a guy who has has, has flashes of brilliance, but then also um, flashes of his former self is Jimmy D, a guy who shows tons of speed. He he looks like he actually can he can run with these top guys. The, be a podium speed guy, and even has been showing signs that he is fit. He's been able to pick off guys late in motos. Um, how long before uh, Jimmy D ends up uh, inside that uh, that podium spot? I think it's going to be here pretty soon. Actually, he's running good. And can I just tell you how happy it is to make me to to see him being as successful as he is right now? I mean, I was photographing him at you know local races like a year and a half ago, and. Uh, it, the cool thing is that he was racing. It was uh, we call it, it's called the J Day Off Road Series. I don't know if you've had John Day on, but he runs this fantastic uh, race up here in the Northeast, where it's kind of part uh, part hair scramble, part motocross, and part uh, enduro cross. You know, it combines all three of those, and it's a great series. Anyways, Jimmy was up there racing with Robbie Marshall, a bunch of the other rippers, and you know, he's just up there racing because he loves to race motorcycles. So. Uh, you know, and now he's got another chance at a factory ride, and he's making the most of it. I think he's going to get there. I think he's, uh, I think he's focused. And he's got his head on right, and God knows he knows how to turn the throttle. So, uh, you know, it's great to see him there. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. You know, uh, Jimmy D is one of the guys who uh, you saw him rise to uh, um, the, the, the Geico team a number of years ago. Had some issues. Uh, kind of fell down the mountain and uh, has has steadily corrupted his way back up, but still carrying this kind of lunch bucket mentality. I'm willing to work for what I have and uh, going as far as uh, racing up here in Canada, taking whatever rides he's that are available to him, doing the full blown pl- privateer deal, uh, riding his his uh, his road bike down the flat, l- lonely terribly boring highways of Manitoba as he prepares uh, to uh, make his assault on, uh, on, on, on Supercross again, and the kid's doing it. He's, uh, he's putting himself in great positions to finish well weekend after weekend after weekend, and uh, the, he's from Peabody, Massachusetts, and uh, he's just looking for his khakis, and uh, the keys are uh, <laughs> going to be uh, putting him on the podium at some point. Yeah, no doubt. you got to say he's a wicked pisser. 
Uh, yeah. You know, I just realized uh, both Jimmy and Christian Craig on that Geico team are kind of getting their second chance, you know, at, at the whole pro factory team thing. No kidding. It's almost like, uh, almost like the uh, Oakland Raiders at the NFL. Kind of makes you wonder if that's going to help them this weekend. You mean the San Antonio Raiders? Yeah, wherever they're going to be. Yeah, the San Antonio Maybe they'll land in Winnipeg. We have a stadium here. There you go. Get them in Canada. Get them up in Canada. What, what, what's more uh, scarier than, than playing football in minus 30? Oh, man. Can you imagine? Well, they had, they had a, we had a bit of that with the playoff game between uh, Seattle and Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, that was, I, I, honestly, that's the exact same temperatures we were experiencing. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's real winter right there. That was frosty. And, you know, one other rider we should mention who's having a real nice season is Colt Nichols. Yes. Straight out of the Always underrated and not mentioned enough Colt Nichols. Uh, guy's got speed, if nothing else. Yeah, you know, I photographed him at, uh, the Worcester Arena Cross, I think it was two years ago. Yeah, because they haven't had, they didn't have Worcester last year, so it was the year before. And uh, he looks good there. He looks real good there. He's very competitive in the Arena Cross. It's good to see him. I, you know, he's. Uh, I hear nothing but good things about him. How hard of a worker he is, and I know he's had help from uh, some of his fellow Okies. And uh, you know, good for him, man. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Um... One guy that uh, I feel like uh, has kind of uh, not really made that next step, we really expect him to do so, was uh, uh, none other than uh, Alex Martin, guy who got got the ride of a lifetime sort of thing. Uh, he's, he really felt like he was kind of making that next step, and uh, since then has not uh, really panned out what, what like... Over the first three three races of the year, uh, what, what do you have to say for uh, uh, the the Minnesota kid? Yeah, it's, to me, it seems like he's a little snake bit right now. Um, he's not helping himself out by not getting good starts for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with him. I don't know if he's coming in a little bit hurt or didn't train well or the pressure of the new ride is on him. But it, do, it doesn't seem like the pressure of the ride was bothering him too much. Um, you know, I mean, it's not much different from what he was on and his brothers and, you know, all of his friends are around. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. It's That's an interesting one, but I'm just going to, I'm going to chalk it up to a little bit of bad luck and some bad starts. Yeah, I, I think uh, he'll write this shit before the, the, uh, the series is out. And if he, and if he does, that means, uh, like, uh, that's, that's bad news for guys like Joey Savacci, Jordan Smith. Uh, Jimmy Dakotas and Christian Craig for that matter because honestly on on his best day I think uh, that Alex Martin finishes in front of all those guys yeah I agree I think he's got it for all those guys if you, you just got to get the piece it together and get some confidence up and yeah I think he can be right there on the box no problem sure um, before we switch over to 450s uh do you, could you give me a, uh, a prediction for uh, for your your top five in the 250? Uh, actually, let's leave that for the rest of the class. Let's uh, go to commercial right now. Let's head over to 450s, and uh, we'll break those guys down, and then uh, we'll make some predictions at the end of the show. Hey, this is Jake Weimer with Team Tedder Racing, and you're listening to Big MX Radio. We're going to commercial break. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon 
is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Two thousand and fourteen X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys 
we're building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to BillsPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast Show still on the line with uh, the Sweeney one himself, Mike Sweeney of Sweeney Photo. Uh, Mike, let's talk 450s. Let's talk about the champ because uh, he deserves to be talked about. He deserves to be talked about first because he's got the big number one on his bike. He's got the red plate. And for my money, I'd probably say that Ryan Dungey is going to at least uh, hold or share the number one plate uh, going forward for the rest of this season. It's going to be hard to wrestle it away from him. Uh, is is Dungey already checking out? Like, have uh, have the rest of the guys spotted him too many points to start the season off? Boy, it sure seems like it, doesn't it? It definitely. Seems. You know what's weird is I was looking at this today. By the eye test, who do you think is more dominant in their class, Cooper or Dunge? Uh, I would say Cooper, but Dunge That's probably I would say, led too. more laps. Yeah, well, not only that, if you look at points. Dunge has doubled the points of seventh place. Millsaps in seventh place has 36 yeah. points. Dunge has 72. If you look at the 250 points, it's eighth place that Webb has doubled. Really? Okay. So, um, yeah, like li- li- literally, it's, it's it's not quite as dominant. And the fact is is that um, Dunge hasn't even won all three races. Yeah. Now, Dunge doesn't have as big of a lead over second. It's a he has a 13-point lead over Chad for 
for the lead where Cooper has a 15-point lead over Osborne. But, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy what Dunge is doing. I mean, he's just, you know, Mr. Consistent. I'm going to keep pushing for that Iceman name for him, man, because, you know, he's just flying around with precision and not making mistakes and let everybody else crash and burn, just like Iceman. Fair enough. Well, uh, Val Kilmer approves. Um, <laughs> the thing is with Dunge is that, like, he's he's used to uh, being successful, and, uh, and but often, like, chasing a championship to the bitter end and, like, having to make up ground at times. Right now, he's got a bit of a cushion. He's got a bit of a lead. Um, and if he's able to continue to click off races, I just don't, like, he, he's not a guy that has those terrible weekends. Like, like you said, yeah. he's, had, yeah. he's had, like, 18 podiums in a row. Like, that that's almost unheard of. Like, obviously, uh, the, great, the other uh, greats of the sport have achieved similar numbers, but... We're talking about a guy who, without uh, unless he has a mechanical or a, or a pretty terrible get-off, he's not going to be outside the top five. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's... and honestly, like even if even if uh, Roxon has a so-so night, he could be outside the top eight. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's just like the man never finishes worse than fourth, and it's you know he's just going to grind everybody down at this point. It's, yeah, it's pretty. It's crazy to think that we're going into what round three, and it's going to take you know some sort of catastrophe for anybody to catch him already. I mean, are we really there already? Blows me away, man. I just, uh... yeah, it, it's to to me this is Ryan Dungey's. If, if Ryan Dungey loses this championship, um, it's because of one catastrophe night, and he's not able to regain. But honestly, if he loses it, um, that's a that's a huge thing for him because uh, he like the way he rides, he could coast this thing home. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not gonna say he's gonna crash, but mechanicals happen, man. And you know, we've seen it before. You know, one little chain breaks. You know, and it's actually we've seen it happen before with Ryan and his KTM. So and Marvin's it's not over. Uh, not six yeah, months ago, exactly. Marvin was pushing his bike back. Exactly. And God, that was horrible. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, anything's possible in this motorsports and anything can happen. You know, Chad is close and you can't count Chad out for sure either, but yeah, it's going to be hard for anybody to close that gap. Totally. It's, uh, it would be very difficult, but, um, for that champ, who's his biggest threat? Is it Reed? Is it Anderson? Is it Roxon? Is it Tomac? And I just named four guys, so that means that one of those guys is going to probably end up fifth in the championship series, which is a huge gulp of trash juice for any of those guys to swallow. Um, two questions. Who's the biggest threat? Who's going to be fifth? I'm going to say that Tomac's the biggest threat, simply because of his trajectory. We've seen him get stronger and faster every week. Yes. And we... We know the raw speed that he has, and I think when we start seeing his fitness getting close to 100% and the comfort level continuing to climb on that new motorcycle and new program, I think he's going to definitely pose a threat. i got to tell you, I can't wait for the back half of this series. I think if you like catch his fire, we're going to have some awesome racing. The series doesn't start till Daytona. That's it. That's it. You know, Eli's going to bring it to Daytona. Remember last year him wheeling through those whoops? Yeah, no, 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 no. I remember. Oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. 
Stand it up on the rear wheel, just like TP did it uh, 15 years ago. Oh, that was 15 years ago. He was carrying that front wheel so high, it was almost scary. Like, oh, for he was, sure. Like, he was on I that. think he might have puckered his butt like one one of those. <laughs> when it got like 12 o'clock, he might have felt like, ah, uh, that was a little bit too much. Yeah, you know he was reaching for a little rear brake there, a little rear brake tap to bring the front wheel down. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, but like, as far as, uh, so who's going to be, who, who do you have in that fifth spot? If Tomac, uh, has the, uh, is, is the most likely, or you feel is, is poses the biggest threat to the championship, uh, who's going to end up in that fifth spot as far as, uh, you're, you're concerned? I think you're going to see somebody like Millsaps really? rising up around. Yeah. I mean, he's in seventh now, but he's also improving every week. Um, not sure what's going on with Cole. I hope or not Cole, but with uh, Trey. You know, I hope he. Uh, I hope he figures things out and kind of gets past his little, you know, whatever black cat is hiding under his trailer before the race. I hope he gets a big set black cat. Um, no kidding. But yeah, he's. Oh, it's tough to watch. It's tough to see him just taking that beating that he is, and and it, it's not his fault either. You know, with no. most of these things, just snake bit. Um, but yeah, I, I see somebody like Davey ascending up into that fifth spot or so, and um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if Jason Anderson can maintain that top three position. You know, he, his trajectory seems like it might be heading the opposite direction of Eli's. And I think this week is going to be very telling with him as far as what he does and how he handles himself on the track. For sure, a guy who uh, last year had up and down results and uh, had a bit of like a a dip in the middle of his season, and um, obviously like showed a lot of speed last week, Um, but he can be also caught up in those extracurriculars that kind of pull you away from the task at hand, which uh, tends to to bite him a little bit. I hope that it's not something that uh, like he, he runs into on a regular basis, but if he does. It's definitely something that can uh, can hinder him in the long run. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's it's good, and it'll be interesting also to see how Cole Sealy does. Um, you know, if he's going to just kind of maintain. I mean, he's he showed just that raw speed at times, and uh, I think he's having some fitness issues too, similar to Marvin, where you know he's just coming in not as prepared as he would like to be. Um, so it'll be interesting to see you know, what his trajectory continues to look like, whether it'll be kind of just flat or if he'll taper or if he'll get stronger and stronger every week like Eli has done. But uh, of all the riders in the in the top five, I'm most excited about Eli and his trajectory. You know, you can, to me, I, I just noticed, I don't know if you did, but he just looked a lot better this weekend than he did in the, in the previous ones. For sure. And uh, in regards to uh, Sealy, my, my rule of thumb with Sealy is that if you have a track that uh, has a particularly long lap time for a regular size stadium, like if it's a, a baseball stadium that uh, is particularly jumpy or it has some, some really kind of tricky obstacles, look for him to have a great night because he, ha- he has those, like, put the bike right where you need it, hit the same spot every, every lap uh, to make those lap times just stick. Whereas uh, if you have a track that has a couple of huge jumps and like a lot of a lot of speed, doesn't tend to do as well. Doesn't tend to uh, hang it out and really push those uh, those speeds like guys like Tomac, Reed, and Roxon can do. Uh, so like as far as Sealy, uh, that's my kind of rule of thumb is when I'm looking at a track map. If it looks uh, a technical and a lot of uh, like 
tricky jump jump combinations, look for Sealy to have a great night. If it's wide open, I honestly I, I feel like uh, he gets a little bit gun shy in those situations. Yeah, I agree. So Oakland should be good for him then because it looks it looks a little on the technical jumpy side. There you go. Uh, as we know, last year they had that uh, really difficult three in quad and then two out uh, in the uh, along at the first baseline there, uh, a line that uh, bit a couple of the uh, the 250F guys, including Michael Lieb, who uh, broke his leg there during practice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was a cool little section. For sure. Um so uh, this this year we've you seem to have uh, more guys with factory help than ever before. It's a super deep uh, uh, class, and uh, like I, I'm even starting to like the guys are falling like crazy uh, as far as uh, some injuries. We're going to get a couple of guys back uh, with Baggett and Stewart coming back, and uh, eventually we'll have uh, Tickle back on the line. But right now. We've lost Chisholm, we've lost Tickle, we've lost Barsha, we've lost, uh, I think Wilson's officially out now, is that correct? Is he? I was going to ask, did you hear anything? I think today he's out. I, honestly, I would not be surprised if he's not racing this weekend. I don't think his knee's feeling up to it. Uh, so, But, like, what do you attribute this to? Um, like, is it just these these guys... Their training programs in the off season are they are they not prepared for them are they are they riding tracks that at home are a little bit too perfect and then when they come to the, the races things get a little bit hairy like I, I I can't put my finger on it but it's it's just, it's uh, sad to see the uh, the, the field get uh, kind of depleted rather early yeah and it seems like that's happening every year now so I think you just kind of chalk it up to the nature of the beast you know it's 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 a dangerous sport. And, uh, you know, they're going faster and harder than ever, and the tracks are bigger than ever, and, you know, they fall off. And I also think it's uh, a little bit of bad luck, like with Dean. I mean, I mean, the guy, you know, I talk about somebody that's just snake bit. God, I feel awful for him. He seems like such a nice kid. And uh, to see him, you know, if if he did indeed tear that ACL again, it's, that's just a tough one. It's a tough one for him. Yeah, since 2011, it's just been one thing after another. Uh, arm pump, knee, uh, shoulder, shoulder, uh, yeah. anything else. Like it's it's like that the that weird leg contusion that he had two years ago during the outdoors. Like it's just one thing after another, and uh, snowballing on the kid. Don't like to see it, but uh, uh, wish wish all the best, and see, I hope to see him back on the line. And honestly, I, I'm looking forward to having. Uh, uh, Stu and uh, Baggett back on the line. I believe they're both coming back this weekend, correct? Yeah, that's that's the word, is that they're both going to be back, which is pretty cool. And it's, uh, I'm interested to see how Blake will do, because, you know, he's yeah, pretty... Yeah, he that top he's a, eight. Yeah, he surprised a lot of people last year, I thought. And I know I follow him on social media, and he's been posting stuff from his compound, and he's looked like he's carrying some good speed around the corners. And, you know, Blake isn't afraid to stick that front wheel in there, so... Uh, it'll be good, and then you know, Stu is just Stu. You know, he's probably the most talented rider in the field. And uh, you know, if he's feeling back 100 percent after that head injury, it'll be uh, you know, it'll be good to see him back out there mixing it up as well. So it could give us a shake up on the podium. You know, Stu has no the doubt. pieces put together any given night, man. He's got to take anybody down, no matter how fast you are. No kidding. It's it's that that stew factor that uh, he still carries with him. He uh, he might not be uh, the guy he once was, but he's good once as he ever was. Yep, exactly, exactly. You know, going back to the injury thing, 
just want to say on the flip side of the coin, how great is it to see the success that Jake Weimer's having again? And, yes. You know, he's back on a factory bike, and God, I couldn't be happier for him. It's just such a good story. Absolutely. I only wish that I would have uh, been able to uh, get him on the show one week uh, one week after because uh, <laughs> going into my, my commercials, it says uh, Jake Weimer with Team Tedder uh, going into commercials. So uh, we're going to have to have him back on the show so we can re-record his uh, 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 my 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 commercial spot. But uh, nevertheless, glad to see Jake uh Basically, bettering his his own personal situation on uh, putting himself on a bike that uh, is uh, slightly better appointed. Uh, f- he's got all the amenities of a factory team, and uh, I think it's going to be a boost for him, um, both on the track and uh, in the mind. Because uh, I think we both agree that uh, with Jake, it's more in his head than anywhere else. No, oh, for sure, for sure. And I thought it was really fun. I don't know if you caught this. He was on Pulp with Steve this week, and. Uh, Steve asked him to compare the bikes. <laughs> Jake's, I don't know if his mind went blank or if he just like, there was just, the Suzuki was so much better than his, tax, than his stock Kawasaki that there just was no comparison. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It was like, uh, Steve had to start covering for him and it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, we're talking a, a production Kawasaki with uh, Pro Circuit head, like head and some motor mods. Uh, like he probably has the the works uh, like or the the top of the shelf um, the un, the unobtainium uh, exhaust system, but like we're talking, I think they, they just have. Uh, oh yeah, huge they're huge. a w, they're the W wheels team, which W is used by a lot of the other teams as well. But this, the fact is, is like he he doesn't have the same uh, wheels that Factory Cowie has or the Factory. Uh, um, like Honda has and stuff like that. He doesn't have all all like the the tie bolt kit is probably uh, not uh, not something like something he has access to, and it just any number of things. He's he's it's a better package overall. And the fact is is that like just one less thing to worry about. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's uh it's gonna be fun to watch him on that Suzuki. And you know he claims that he was always one of those dudes who could just throw a leg over any bike and ride it. So it uh it'll be good. I hope. Uh, I hope he does really well out there on his first week and and gives uh, that RCH team a, a, a nice boost. Be awesome to see him finish on the podium for sure. Well, I, I think that's the, honestly uh, the ceiling for uh, for Jake would be the bottom step of that podium. But I would love to see him get back there. It's one of those things where uh, not very unlike um, like Tim Ferry when he uh, he basically like kind of fell fell off the wayside with uh, some injuries in the early two thousands. And uh, wasn't able to create the same magic in Supercross, but uh, came back in the outdoors and won himself a national in 2008, I believe. That's uh, no joke. Yep. No, wait, not 08. Yep. Nobody won a national other than Stewart in 08. It was 09. Yeah, well, for sure. And you think about it, you know, two, three years ago before Jake's run of injuries started, you know, you could beat it pretty much anybody any given night. And, and he had some, some wins and some podiums, so. You know, he's got the speed and the talent. So, you know, he gets onto that good bike again and gets his confidence up as well. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. And isn't it funny how we keep talking about confidence and how, you know, how much of a head game this sport is? And I think that's one of the coolest things about it. It is the, that, that is the sport, though. It, it I, I've talked about it a million times. Um, what allows certain championships to be decided is as much as, like, um, 
you've got like if 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 a championship came down to uh if it was just down to two guys, if it was just Ryan Villapoto and Ryan Dungey on the track, psychologically Ryan Dungey knows that if Ryan Villapoto is behind him, he will find a way by. No different than when like you're coming up on a, on a local rider that you know you're faster than. Like by it's 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 as it's uh it's automatic. You just I'm going to find a way to get past this person, um, and it's it's going to happen. It's not when it happens or not if it happens. It's when, and um, and honestly, with these guys, if if they feel like they've got the right formula, if they they uh, put their socks on just right that day, they're just the spiciest tropical fish around, and they can uh, they can make something happen. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And, you know, having just another talented rider on great equipment in that field is it's only a win for us fans. So it's uh, making me looking forward to seeing Oakland, man. Well, it, honestly, the, what, may, what makes me question is uh, when are we going to see a, a, a factory rider miss the, the main event? Because with so many guys now on factory equipment, uh, you've got uh, at one at some point you're going to have – Six guys on factory, or five guys on factory Suzuki's, uh, four guys on factory Yamaha's, uh, two guys racing factory Kawasaki, or, uh, Kawasaki's. You'll have no less than three Hondas out there. Like at some point, uh, there's 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 a factory guy that's going to find himself outside the podium uh, for a uh, outside the uh, the main event. I'm wondering who that's going to be. Yeah, that's true. It's it's getting more difficult though, as we're starting to get some attrition in the field. Um, but yeah, you're right. It definitely could happen. And, you know, looking through the point standings, you got Justin Bogle on 20. So, and that's kind of crazy. I mean, I expected him to be a little higher than he is. Um, I kind of figured he'd be up around the 15, 14, somewhere in there. Um, you know, such a talented kid and so fast. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny to think that you might have somebody going back to the factory rig, to watch no, the main event. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's not a position anybody wants to be in. But uh, yeah, it's, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I think uh, I, I'm I'm a little bit uh, oh yeah I would say disappointed in, in uh, Bogle. I, I feel like I, I like he should have been a, a a former lights champion should be a perennial top. 15 guy at least I like almost top 10 guy and uh yeah hasn't been able to capture that magic on the on the 450 but uh it's, a, it's still early in the season uh lots of racing to be done wouldn't be surprised to see him uh figure that thing out a little bit more and end up in the top 10 yeah and to be fair to him he is coming off surgery so you know i guess like the other guys he's a bit behind and uh we'll see what happens what do you think weston's gonna do going forward do you think he's gonna he's uh he's another one i feel you know, you look at his results during the off season and some of the European races, he put in some real good finishes and some strong rides. And, you know, I know he got derailed in that first round, but it's uh, it's kind of interesting. What do you think is going to happen with him? Well, Weston Pike is an interesting scenario because I feel like he's, he's always been rising, rising, rising. Like, you just yeah. expect him to take that next step. But at, the, at the, this point in the season, you have... Uh, like it, it'd be tough to, to predict him to be on the podium because that would be mean him beating uh, any any combination of Anderson, Reed, uh, Tomac, uh, 
Roxon, he'd have to be in front of, uh, possibly in front of Dungey, uh, beating Trey Kennard. Like, guys, he was able to beat on occasion last year, but his, yep. his most successful uh, races weren't until the, the field was uh, was heavily depleted at the end of the season last year. Honestly, uh, and I, I think we're going to get into our, our predictions in a little bit, I figure Weston Pike, uh, his, his, uh, his ceiling right now is about a fifth-place finish. Uh, and, uh, but, but honestly, he could fall, he could finish anywhere as far back as 15th and not crash. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're saying too. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, I recall him, was it Atlanta where he had that battle with Reed? Remember that he threw the, threw the rear wheel at him over the triple there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I kind of expected him to be more in that top five more consistently than he is. But, you know, you're looking at the talent. It's like, man, you know, he's going to be Roxon on a week-to-week basis. He's going to be Tomac. <laughs> it's still is, that top five is, is tough, and they definitely seem to be separating from the rest of the pack. I agree. So uh, before I let you go, let's get some predictions uh, jotted down here uh, for the 250 class and the 450 class. Uh, starting with the 250s, give me a top five. And uh, and also our wild card uh, this weekend is going to be uh, the seventh place position. Who's going to get seventh? Okay, yeah, that's pretty easy. Uh, we won't bother talking about who's going to win because I think we're pretty we're both going to have the same answer on that one. Yes. Uh, so I will say second place. Uh, I like I kind of like Jordan Smith getting into second place. I think he got some confidence in the last few weeks, and uh, he's just been riding well. Um, Maybe maybe third place, Zach Osborne, fourth, Savachi, uh, fifth, Dakotas, and seventh, I'm going to put, uh, put Colt Nichols in seventh. Fair enough. Uh, and, and that would be a great ride for, for Colt. Um, my, uh, my top five, I'm looking uh, for uh, Osborne or uh, Webb up top, followed by Osborne and uh, Savachi. That's my podium. Uh, and then uh, just off the pace would be uh, a couple of uh, PC guy or uh, uh, Geico riders. I think Craig edges out uh, Jordan Smith for uh, for the podium. And um, my seventh place position, I think uh, Alex Martin is going to uh, have have himself a decent ride and uh, and finish inside the uh, the top top seven. Yeah, that'd be good to see. That would definitely be good to see. He he needs to to start building. Step forward, anyway. You know what I mean. You're throwing me a freaking bone here. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, so how about the 450s? Uh, give me a top five and an eighth place finish. All right. So top five, you just you can't go against Dungy as far as uh, it's almost like betting the house money as far as taking a win. Um, second and third, you know, I got a feeling that Roxon is going to come with, with the A game this week, and I know he's been upset, and I think he's starting to figure things out. I think he's going to start putting pieces together. So I'm going to put Rocks in the second, Eli in third, Sealy in fourth, and we'll go with uh, Jason Anderson in fifth. Fair enough. I like your picks, my friend. I like your uh, I like your top five. So who's 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 your eighth place pick? Oh, well, we're going with eighth or seventh. Eighth, eighth for four fifties. Eighth for four fifties. I'm going to put Jake Weimer. Jake in Weimer back oh. inside the top eight. I like it. Yep, I think you can do it. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mirror your picks a little bit because uh, you're you're a smart man. You know your motocross, um, but 
a little bit different. I, I think that uh, Rox is going to walk into uh, Oakland with a little bit of the boogeyman uh, lurking around every corner. He he had some bad luck with that last week. It's tough to get that stink off, especially if you're in uh, in Oakland of all places. Uh, so I think uh, he'll be on the outside of my top or the uh, on the on the back half of my top five. I have him in the fifth place position. Up at the top, though, I think uh, Dungey's going to grab himself another win, followed by Anderson and Reed. And uh, if if he's able to stay on the track, I think uh, a, uh, a a kind of a comeback ride for uh, for Trey Kennard in fourth place, followed by Roxon. That's my top five. And uh, outside the top, uh, in eighth place, I think uh, I think a nice night for. Uh, for Cole Seeley would be uh, would be in eighth place. I think this is going to be a, a race where he struggles a little bit. Yeah, that's that's a solid. Those are solid picks, and you know, all bets are off until we see the, the practice times. But I agree. yeah, those those definitely make sense as far as uh, where they're going to finish. And I'm realizing with my top five, I left Chad Reed out, which is always a bad idea, especially considering how fast and consistent he's been this year too. So. No uh, kidding. Well, yeah. you know that because you left him off, he's probably going to win. That's what I did last week, too. <laughs> it's all good, man. You never, never count Chad out. You never count Chad out. Not, not once. But, uh, Mike, it's always a pleasure. Uh, for those who don't already follow you on social media, and they ha- if, they, if they haven't, they should, uh, they should go ahead and do so. Uh, where do they find you so they can... Uh, can interact with you in a uh, positive manner uh, on the, the social media sphere. Oh, sure. Yeah, on Instagram, you can find me at Sweeney Photo, just at Sweeney Photo. And then on Twitter, I am M Sweeney Photo. Uh, some bastard has Sweeney Photo on Twitter and refuses to give it up, even though he never uses it. So, um, but yeah, that's where, that's where you can find me. All right, so we'll, we'll uh, go uh, search you out there. For all those who are looking for me on uh, social media, I'm Brad Gebhart88 on uh, on Instagram and uh, BradGMX95 on Twitter. Uh, you can always look me up, and uh, we'll, we'll chat back and forth on social media. I love to uh, interact with my listeners and stuff like that. Uh, Mike, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for giving me some time this evening. Uh, you have yourself a great night, and uh, we'll keep in touch, my friend. You as well, Brad. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.